All right, then. It's, uh... <laughs> Can't help it. Uh, it is uh, November 20th, 2020. So it's 2020. Am I right? Yeah. You sure? Yeah. No, I am. Because I worked yesterday. It was the 19th. Today is the 20th. I don't know why it would be 2020, though. Well, there's two. There's three 20s. Why? Because it's November 20th, and it's 2020. There's just three 20s. It's not actually the 20th month, 20th day, 20th year. <laughs> well, it is if you look at it in military years. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So this week we watched Ray, uh, as in Ray Charles, legendary uh, jazz, R&B, gospel music musician. And uh, this is a movie about the legendary soul musician Ray Charles as portrayed by Jamie Foxx in this Oscar-winning biopic. Young Ray watches his seven-year-old brother drown at the age of seven. When he loses his sight at the age of nine, his hard-working mother urges him not to feel sorry for himself. He rises through the ranks of the Seattle jazz scene, struggling with drug addiction and infidelity while on the road. Mind you, he is married, so that's why it's infidelity. <laughs> Supported by his wife, Ray Charles redefines soul music and inspires a generation. So, uh, you that know, about sums it up. All right, yeah, all right, we're good, we're done. Good podcast, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Start off. Uh, the first thing we we thought of is a uh, uh, good casting with Jamie Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he has a musical background. And yep. uh, he, his mannerisms were great. He got he obviously studied Ray's movements and stuff. Got looks the just like down. him. Yeah, he looks a lot like yeah. him. I think you are you doing that thing? No, no. I mean, <laughs> I, I think he actually. He, I, no, he does with the he, shades on. At least he, does. he looks. He does very similar. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so uh, you know, it starts off with Ray uh, going into a country western bar. Yep, is that what it is? Yep, and trying to uh, trying out for a little uh, trying out for the band, and they. You know, start to, you know, some guy's giving him a hard time about, you know, being a good, because this is down south, mm-hmm. you know, and they're giving him a hard time for being a black guy. It's and still to join segregated a America. It's definitely, yep. st- so this is, uh, this is uh, early 50s, mm-hmm. just after World War II. And uh, he's traveling cross country after that gig to Seattle to join the Seattle music scene that's, uh, I guess, burgeoning, growing, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, from, from Florida. From Florida, from Florida, yeah. yeah so cross country, mm-hmm. literally three thousand miles, and um, you know, good, good first. One of the good uh, early scenes was uh, the bus driver won't let him on the bus because he's blind and he doesn't want to take care of him. And then he's like, "Well, I lost my eyes in the war." And yeah. I was like, "Okay, <laughs> that was good." You know, yep. He fucking conned his way out of the bus. That was yeah. great. And uh, you know, he arrives in Seattle musical scene and he uh gets his gigs and he's meeting a friend out there, I guess. I don't know who um uh what's his name? Howard Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> he played he played uh he played uh Rhodey in the first Iron Man movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh, Lawrence? No. Terrence. Terrence Howard. Yep. Thank you. There yep. it is. I want to say Lawrence Howard. It's not. It's Terrence <laughs> Howard. Anyway, Terrence Howard is his buddy. <laughs> Sam so, Jackson. Right, Sam Jackson. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> we are swearing. It's all for humor. Um, so uh, he ends up going out there and getting a gig with his friend and his band. And the club owner uh, manages their their career a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
really the manager and his friend try to take advantage of Ray because Ray do take advantage of Ray. They do take advantage of Ray. Yes, they do take advantage of him because he's more talented than them, and they're trying to kind of ride his coattails. And eventually, he's approached by a uh, a, a, a small time record label, Swing yep. Time. Yep. And they take him on, and he starts to grow as a musician, and he becomes more the centerpiece of the band rather than just uh, the piano player. Mm-hmm. You know, and he and he keeps going, and this is, uh, I think this is where he started his heroin addiction. Yes, it is. So, you know, going into the background of Ray, Ray was raised in uh, Florida in a very poor, you know, uh, sharecropper's little village. Mom, no dad, you know, mom raised him and his uh, two, you know, him and his brother. And you know, obviously, like in the in the synopsis we gave, his uh, brother drowned. I'm not sure how um, accurate it was, but it seemed like a really terrible way to go: falling into a laundry bucket, not being able to get up, and drowning in the bucket. Yeah. So um, in front and, of his brother, in front of his right, right in front of Ray, yeah. who froze up and maybe could have saved him. Who knows? Yeah. But it was pretty tragic. So uh, in, uh, soon after. Uh, Ray starts to, I guess, naturally go blind. I'm not sure exactly what happened. Yeah, could have been, could have been a lot of things. They didn't, they didn't specifically say what the condition was. They didn't say what the condition. Right, exactly. Uh, he he did go blind at a very young age, though, mm-hmm. and uh, but he learned to uh, play the piano, mm-hmm. and he learned to cope with his blindness. And his mother sent him off to school. Yep. To uh, you know, she tried to give him the best opportunities that she could, right. knowing that he wasn't going to make anything of himself if he stayed in this little sharecropper's town. For sure. So. You know, and they didn't they didn't uh, touch a lot just on the very salient points of the big events in his childhood. Mm-hmm. They didn't do much else. No. Um, but, you know, because it starts off with him and his adult trying to go to Seattle. So he rises up through the ranks in swing time. He gets a he gets an offer from Atlantic Records, uh, which was, uh, you know, in its youth. And he does very well. Yeah. And it's still uh, a big deal, though. Yeah. No, they are. Yeah. There's I, I looked them up. They're still around yeah. for sure. And. uh um, they help him find his own sound because at the point when he got to Seattle, he was really just kind of a, a cover guy. Yep, he would he could sound just like Nat King Cole or mm-hmm. any of the fame famous R and B artists at the time. But they wanted him to develop his own sound, so they did. And he, what he did was he combined something that hadn't been done before, which was uh, combining R and B and gospel. Mm-hmm. Yep, he came up with the Ray Charles sound. The Ray Charles sound, right? You know. Yeah, it, but he Art. did more than that. like he combined R and B gospel with country and yeah yeah he did and have you that. could even almost say kind of rock and roll but not quite yeah a little jazz in there too blues yeah yep. he was very versatile yep. he was very versatile he was he was kind of a musical genius I mean the fact that he went blind had I, I believe probably had something to do with you know his hearing sure. becoming very acute and him being able well, to well you can hear hummingbirds yeah. Okay, I'm not sure if that was <laughs> a real thing, but whatever, maybe. Maybe Ray told Jamie that story, and Jamie's like, you know what, we'll use that. Daredevil was based off of Ray, Ray- Charles saying. <laughs> Why didn't we ever see him play the piano then? <laughs> um, give him away. Give him away, right. So, uh, uh, Ray faced a little backlash, though, because uh, in using gospel hymns and kind of turning them into upbeat, jazzy, even kind of sexual songs. Yep. He got a little bit of backlash. They didn't touch a lot on it, but you could see Devil that. music. Devil music, right? Yeah. You know, but almost every new form of music goes through that. Mm-hmm. You know, look at Elvis. Oh, he's the devil, you know. Yep. He shakes his hips so much. Yep. Ray Charles made songs that made people dance and feel porny. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you going to do? You know, music does that to a lot of people. They wanted to keep music, this particular form of music, 
you know, pure and I guess holy. I don't know, whatever. But yeah. they were there was a little bit of backlash on that. And uh, but he kept on going. He pushed, and uh, he met his wife, uh, Della B. Della Bay. Della Della B. Yeah, Della B. Ant Antoine. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, they they got married at a young age. He was he was already doing heroin at this point, and uh, he lived two lives. He had his road life. And he had his home life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they had children. And Ray had plenty of affairs. Mm-hmm. He, uh, you know, it, it, he impregnated one of his backup singers. Yep. And there was a little, um, there was a little tension there. Uh, this is about the time that he did the song Hit the Road Jack, according to the movie. Right. Which was really great <laughs> because the, the tension between the backup singer and him really made that song really great. Yep. I mean, because <laughs> they were talking to each other in that song. And um, Ray goes on to uh, to leave Atlantic Records, even though they really kind of gave him a start. Uh, but I did find out that they Ray, made him. They made him, but you know, he actually returned to Atlantic Records in '77. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, he yeah. went back to him. Um, but he went to ABC Paramount, which mm-hmm. was one of the powerhouses who could promote him, give was, him lots of money. It was the powerhouse, right, at the time. Uh, he did get an unprecedented deal, though. Mm-hmm. He got seventy-five uh, percent of record sales, which is crazy uh, by today's standards. Also, he got to retain his own masters, which never happens anymore. Yep. I mean, nobody gets their own. He stuff. owns all of it. Yep. Everything is, he recorded with them. Yep. Pretty yep. crazy. Pretty yep. crazy. And I'm sure he probably kept that deal when he went back to Atlantic, because maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, he might have been rich enough by then where he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, he. Uh, but uh, while he was at Paramount, he. Um, he played many, many different uh, countries, states. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things uh, that was really cool was um, in 56, I think it said, or no, uh, 61. In 1961, 50, 1960-61, he went to Georgia and was going to do a concert, and there were protests over segregation at the time in Georgia, and... Um, I'm not sure who convinced Right, but they I think that was like, they were saying it was, in 79, they were saying it was almost 20 years, and they oh, mentioned okay, yeah. 1961 okay. as being the time. So it, maybe it was in 58, but maybe they didn't actually ban him until 61. Gotcha. So he was banned because he refused to play a segregated concert. So he, you know, he was a musician who used his uh, status and influence to you know, make a, make a uh, social statement. Yeah. And which was you know banned and, from the entire state banned from the entire state which is kind of ridiculous because <laughs> it's like well we'll just go see you in the state next door <laughs> or you know it's not going to really it wasn't going to really lose him anything right. except maybe some hardcore racist guys you know who, who weren't going to listen anyway, to his yeah. music anyway yeah. right yeah not openly right <laughs> <laughs> so um you know it was in the early 60s he started becoming popular not just with the um you know black people um, the the black uh, audience, mm-hmm. but also the white audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were loving his music. He mm-hmm. was very popular. Uh, you know, they didn't they didn't seem to care. And so I made the observation that this was kind of the time. You know, it's early sixties. Really, the uh, the, um, the, uh, the the hippie era hadn't quite started yet, but it was beginning. It was beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was kind of 
the beginning time. I mean, kids' attitudes were changing. There was a little more tolerance. There was movements uh, for civil rights, mm-hmm. you know. So Dancing on the beach like weirdos. Okay, I'm not sure that's part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, you know I, I, can, I, I feel like I could almost, I could almost uh, say that uh, Ray Charles was definitely in on the beginning of the, you know, the the hippie movement mm. you know mm-hmm. I, I keep i don't want to say it that way there's another way to put it that's yeah. much better but i can't think of it right now anyway um so he's he did some he's you know he stood for some social change mm-hmm. so he went on to do a pretty successful career like i said big venues yep. uh many countries uh, world tour yep yep uh picked up uh picked up a uh i don't know what he uh, not a manager, but a tour manager. Is that what yeah, Adams he was, was? No, he was a manager. Yeah, he was a yeah tour manager. He was a tour manager. You know, he 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 uh, he did. Uh, he made sure his studios were working. His musicians were on time. His he introduced him at his venues and his concerts. Um, uh, but there came a point where um, the uh, backup singer that he impregnated uh, died from an overdose, mm-hmm. and uh, it it really broke him up and his wife. You know, kind of said, "Look, you know, you've missed your son's, you've missed part of your son's life." Mm-hmm. And I understand the road tour stuff and the music, but you know, the heroin is killing you. She was a, it, amazing. A, I'm just amazed that that lady stayed with him. Yeah, uh, he put her through hell. Yeah, she knew about the affair. She knew about the child from the affair. She knew about all the drugs. Her only stipulation was, "Don't bring your road home. Don't bring your road work home." Yep. And at some point, he kind of did, and uh, she gave him an ultimatum. You know, you know, do you love? The drugs more than your family, and so um, towards the end of the movie, is pretty much showing where Ray goes to the St. Francis Rehabilitation Center and goes through one of the worst withdrawals. One of the, the two, I think, uh, uh, opium. Well, that is opium. Uh, alcohol, alcohol, right. and opium are the two worst. Right. Um, you know, he went through heroin withdrawals, and he. It, it looked like I can't even imagine. I've heard all kinds of. I've seen stories in movies. I've heard stories in in rehab because I've you know I've been through rehab, and it, it's bad. It's horrible. I mean, it's not something that's fun whatsoever. No withdrawals are fun, but some are worse than others, and heroin is one of those. Um, but he, yeah, and this is one for one of these you know kind of rock star documentary you know film esque things. You know, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody uh, yeah. the what was the other one? Uh, uh, Rocketman. Oh, Rocketman. Um, this one went, it seemed like this one went the most into the rehab part of it. It w- still wasn't quite, you know, wasn't all that long. No. But they really showed, like, the effects. They really just showed the suffering. They didn't yeah. show much else. Right. It was just him, the flop sweats, uh, right. you know, puking until you're completely dry of fluids. Mm-hmm. Just hallucinations. Hallucinations, yeah. You know, just going through, oh, just really bad stuff. And... There was one part where they took and he was mar- trying to kick it cold turkey, right? Just sitting in the bed and yep. just sweating it out yep. for however long days, weeks mm-hmm. that it took. Um, towards the end of his uh, his physical withdrawals, though, they they took a little artistic license in what went on in Ray's mind at that point. And I thought it, usually sometimes they go overboard or they get kind of silly, but I thought they did a good job in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray wakes up. Um, well, he falls down in the in the um, facility, and he's always had this kind of uh, physical hallucination of being stuck in water. Right. Um, not deep water, just a few inches, and it always reminds him of how his brother died in the uh, in the wash basin. And so he falls down, and there's 
water on the ground in the rehabilitation center. And suddenly he's back in his uh, sharecropper town. And uh, he sees his mom. And he's actually not blind at that point. Right. And, um, you know, she tells him that, you know, you got to get up, keep going. Don't be a cripple. Mm -hmm. You know, you've, you've been very successful. But, you know, the drugs have crippled you, essentially. Right. And his brother, even like the spirit of his brother comes out and says, it's not your fault. And it's a really touching moment. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's well done and it's not overboard and it's not overly long. No, it's, it was, it it's was perfect, a good, yeah. it was perfect. It was perfect. Um, you know, and that, that really got to me. That was very cool. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on and he has a life. He has a life. He never kicks t- heroin, never, never touched, touched it, again. it again. 40 years more yep. of making music. Yep. Great music. Great music. And, uh, you know, just becoming an icon in musical history. Totally. 100%. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it wasn't a story that you would say that was something amazingly different from a lot. I mean, you hear these rock and roll stories a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that he was blind is a little bit, but he just pushed through. It's a good story. I mean, just like Rocket Man was. Yeah. Just like Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. was. You know, mm-hmm. um, the music the, and the music in this was great. And the music too. was great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff I hadn't heard at mm-hmm. all. And then as it got later in the career, they're like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. So, oh, that's totally familiar. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he did some really cool stuff. And um, and this is not this is not a musical like Racket Man was. This is more no. like Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Focused a lot more on his life and the drama in mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't have it easy. I mean, in the very beginning, he was. Uh, he was being kind of excluded by. It was an all black band. They were running the what they called the Chitlin Circuit, mm-hmm. which was essentially just black bands touring around the southern United States. And uh, even as a black man in a black band, he was still being ostracized because he was blind. Yep. You know, and it's part of what got him hooked on heroin because he wanted to try the heroin to kind of try to I guess fit in at some point mm-hmm. and maybe dull a little bit of the trauma that yep. he had. I think for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was definitely part of it. That's, yeah. that's why you do drugs is to dull trauma. Um, but uh, you know, it he did it all, but then he got out and he continued on. Mm-hmm. You know, like some musicians don't make it. They don't come back. I mean, you made a good example, Ozzy. Ozzy, yeah. sure he made it through physically. Yeah, he's but still mentally, alive, but yeah. is he? <laughs> is he? <laughs> it's zombies, Ozzy. Yeah. But uh well, I just looked this up. So he uh, he they ended up he ended up getting divorced from oh from his first from, wife from from uh, Della yeah um but when 1977 so they were married for 22 years so from, so, yeah, from 55 to 77 long time well she put she they, they were together through his worst time yeah absolutely so that's interesting because uh then they they took a little liberty there because they showed the um. At the end, uh, the Georgia uh, state legislature or whatever um, decided to welcome him back to Georgia and give an apology yeah. for kicking him out and banning him from Georgia in concerts. Right. Um, and that was in 79. Mm-hmm. But she was with him in that scene. Yeah, it doesn't mean they were married, though. No, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, I, I, that's what I thought at first when you said that. Yeah, cause she was there with But her they kids. didn't make it clear either. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, that's fine then. You know, that's great. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter that they got divorced. And he never remarried. Yeah. I, I think I think he really did love her. Mm-hmm. I think oh, yeah. he did. Yeah. I don't think that was the issue. I think that he had a lot of the stuff going. I mean, it's just a lot of pressure for one man. And a lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. A lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. 
Dude, I just, just seeing your little brother drown right in front of mm-hmm. you at fucking seven years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and I just one of the biggest things too is people that people that go blind, right? Right. You're you you've you've been able to see. Yeah. And see what you have things memory are. of color. Yeah. You have memory of sunsets. You have memories yeah. of nights and stars, mm-hmm. and and then it's all gone. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's that's something that a lot of people would just be like, "Fuck it, I give up." That, or, that's worse than being born blind, in my opinion. Yeah, like my sister. My sister's deaf. She's never heard anything, mm-hmm. so she can't really miss anything. But you know, yeah, it, yeah, it could, it could definitely definitely be worse. Mm-hmm. Going from being capable to un- incapable, mm-hmm. handicapped, handicapable. So he died in 2004. Yeah. And the film came out in 2004. But I don't know when in 2004 it came out. Well, I mean, I'm sure that Fox consulted oh, with October. Ray Charles. So when did he die? June. Oh, so right after he died. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, then I'm sure he was consulted on the movie. So I'm yeah. sure a lot of that stuff, maybe some artistic license, but I'm betting that a lot of those little stories inside things were probably as Ray Charles described them. Could be. I mean, to the best of his memory. Sure, yeah. You know, so he was born... When what year? He was born forty uh nineteen thirty. Oh, nineteen thirty. Mm-hmm. In Albany, Albany, Georgia. Oh, he was born. Okay, so they moved to Florida. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, so thirty. So he was seventy four. Something like that. Uh, he would have been seventy four. Yep. Yeah. Yep, seventy four. Man, well. Quite a life, quite a life, and uh, and great movie. Yeah, and good musician and yeah. good music. Yep, you know, biopics about musicians uh, they can be really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. The last few I've watched, uh, you know. Oh, you forgot about Quincy too. Oh, that's right. Quincy Jones was yeah. uh, something he, he met early in Seattle, which yeah. I was really surprised at when he called him Quincy. You know, hey, I'm Quincy Jones. I'm like, yeah. holy crap, that's Quincy Jones. Yep. Um, and I didn't know Quincy Jones was a, an actual artist. Yeah. Uh, to, I don't I know it was, when. He, uh, Brass, some sort of brass. Right, that's what he was playing. That's what the instrument he had in uh, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But you know, he went on to become a huge producer, is what mm-hmm. he did. Um, that's where he really found a lot of success. Yep. But I never knew he did music. That's interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So um, you know, uh, Rocket Man and Ray are two different types of musical biopics because one was far more musical. One is a musical. What, right. yeah, Rocket Man is a musical. Right. This is still a, a biopic, drama. but yeah, yeah, this this was a drama. But I liked Ray better than I liked I think Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because Ray felt a lot more visceral, uh, sure. and it, when they jumped around in in Freddie Mercury's life, mm-hmm. it felt a little disjointed because it was really jumping around. Yeah. It was really jumping around. Yeah. This felt very thorough, and also, I mean, this is it's a three a, it's a three hour movie. It's a three hour movie. I don't think uh, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody no. was that long. No. Um, yeah, it just I, it just felt more real. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it and it's is. It's got the head elf in it. You can't go wrong. It's got the head elf. <laughs> I don't even know that actor's name, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good. Uh, definitely yay on the scale. Yeah, you know, yay recommend that sure. definitely. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see at some point we're going to watch Walk the Line. Oh yeah, because I want to see the Man cool. in Black story. So good. That's it, a great it, one too. What do you think? I mean, just it's not going to affect me, but like. What do you think about? Is it just too different from Ray to compare it, or is or are they similar? And, very similar. Very similar. So, it's, which one did you like better? 
I don't. I can't say that I like one better or not. I mean, it's just two I, different I'll watch types it, of I'll music. I'll form my own, own um, opinion. No, but I just mean. I think store thoroughness. Ray is way more thorough. Okay. Um, but I. I mean, like I like Johnny Cash more than I like Ray Charles. Okay. okay. So you know that's a part of it also. Sure, of course, of course. Um, I mean, I I really like Ray Charles, but um, yeah, Johnny Cash is. Higher so up you on the list would for me. you would blow Johnny Cash before you blew Ray Charles. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. Just mm-hmm. check. Yeah, I'd give them blow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but Ray wouldn't take it. Johnny would. Right. right. <laughs> I'd get in a time machine. Um. Yeah. So th- uh, this Ray PG thirteen. Um. There is a lot of drug use in it. Yeah. Uh. No nudity. No. No nudity. Which so that's probably why I didn't get the R. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, and no, no language. So the interesting thing is, um, you never. So there is, there is drug paraphernalia, but there's no actual needle entering the skin that I can remember. No, maybe not. Yeah, maybe that's why maybe that possibly could have yeah. made it the PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. It's a fine distinction, but it, it's kind of important. Mm-hmm. So you know, you see the rig, you see the kit, you see him heating it. You barely even see them heating up the heroin. There's like one scene where he's like lighting yep. a spoon. That's it. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why they got the PG thirteen. Yep. Yeah. Good. I totally recommend it. It's great. Yep. Great Fox music. does a great job. Yep. All sure of them did. do a great job in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All of them do a great mm-hmm. job. Yep. What's next? What's next is. What's next is Midnight Meat Train. Midnight Meat Train. God damn it. My fucking boy. I'm tired. Um, yeah, the Midnight Meat Train with uh, uh, early Bradley Cooper. Yep. Uh, Pre Hangover. Yep. So, uh, yeah, interesting. It's a psychological thriller. Yeah, it's it? definitely a psychological thriller for so, sure. Uh, it's not looking forward to that. With slight horror elements to it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been doing a lot of musical biopics and war movies. Now we're gonna change we're gonna change direction a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe do a little get out soon. Get out Oh my I oh I hate that you haven't seen that. It's really good. <laughs> we'll so, get there, we'll get there. Don't yeah, worry. and I'm hoping I'm hoping Midnight Meat Train is as good as I remember it being. <laughs> I tell you, look, we saw Mandy. We did, yeah. So mm, it, we, yeah. it's hard to go lower. <laughs> it's hard to go lower, dude. I'm telling it's, you, it's, the movie is bad. You know, I mean, even with something campy, probably hard to go lower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. And this is not campy. Oh, oh Midnight Meat Train. No, no, this is a serious movie. Like uh, the um, the Daniel Radcliffe movie that I wanted us to watch, Guns of Guns Kimbo. Guns of Kimbo. Yeah, campy. Yeah, but still yeah. better than Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Ultra violent, just like Mandy, but better. <laughs> yeah. It Man, was, that was a weird movie. It was. It was very bizarre. <laughs> I think if I think if I had still been on drugs, like using the drugs I used to use, I might have been okay with it. <laughs> but I'm not now, so I'm not okay with it. <laughs> anyway, this is the. Oh, you know what? I never said it. This is the Average Experts Podcast Movie Edition. It is. I didn't say that in the beginning. Well, welcome. Welcome, dear listeners. All right, let's do it again. We gotta start over. All right, then. <laughs> okay, so uh, next week, Midnight Me Train. And for the people that I forgot to introduce, Sean. Hey. And I'm Carlos, your nominal host, and we are out of here. <laughs>